Acts 2. And hear the story of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear, each of us, in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. So the day of Pentecost comes and everyone's gathered in a room, in a house in Jerusalem. And the Pentecost is actually a Jewish holiday that gets appropriated by the Christians uh, because of what happens. But everyone was gathered in Jerusalem for this high holy day of, uh, of the Jewish world and were participating in that. And down comes these tongues of fire, the Shekinah glory of God resting on each of the disciples and they begin to speak in different languages, in different tongues, However, there's a little part of this that we, we tend to overlook. And it was the great theologian Walter Wink who asked this question, is this really a miracle of the tongue? Or is it a miracle of the ear? Listen to this. Listen to the text again. Verse 6, And at this sound... The crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own native language? Turn this down a little bit. (laughs) So... Again, I ask the question, is this really a miracle of the tongue or a miracle of the ear? I kind of wonder how different Christianity would be, how different the church would be, how different our world might be if in our heart of hearts we thought the birth of the church was all about listening. Because as you know, 
for the bulk of Christian history, it's been about talking, right? It's been about telling the good news. It's been about telling the old, old story. It's been about evangelism, that is, telling people about Jesus and telling people about salvation and telling people they're going to go to hell if they don't believe right and telling people what that right belief is and telling people they better get on board and telling people that we have the truth and you don't and telling people and telling people and telling people and talking and talking and talking. That's been the bulk of Christian history. Imagine if on that first day everyone looked around at each other and said, Man, we're hearing the voice of God from all these people. We better start listening. We better start listening to everybody. Imagine how different evangelism would be. We go to every country and quickly learn their language so that we can hear what they have to say. And instead of saying, hey, I have the truth about God, you need to listen to me. What if we said, hey, talk to me about your experience with God. Talk to me about who you are. Let me listen. Boy, I tell you what, a lot of harm could have been avoided, amen? A lot of cultures could have been preserved. You know, it was over the, the priests who came from, the Spanish priests who came to the Mayans burned their library got rid of all of it so that they would only know our story. So that they would stop going back to their own story. And in the name of Jesus, they, they tried to wipe out their whole history. If not for one spirit-led priest, Bartolome de la Casas, who pulled some of those, those, uh, that library aside, we wouldn't know how to read the Mayan language. Uh, so often it was our zeal for the good news of Jesus has led us to do some uh, atrocious things, especially in other cultures and other places. But imagine how different that would be. And not just other cultures either. I'll tell you what, a lot of harm has been done by the things we say to people around us. Amen? It's, I'm especially mindful of that on this Pride weekend when a lot of folks are down town marching today how much harm is done by the things we say in the name of jesus imagine how different things would be if our god-given call if what we were called to do if we saw that as being people who hear and listen what a gift listening is have you ever known someone who's just such a good listener who, can, who, really, who really listens to what you... And, and is able to... I'm always astonished and, and have great admiration for people who can, who can just... There's this natural ability they have to draw things out of you and they just, they just listen. My, my own pastor, who I consider my pastor, Tim, who came and married me and my lovely bride, Katie, a few weeks ago. Pastor Tim is a fantastic listener. That's why I love him, because I'm a fantastic talker. <laughs> and he's a fantastic listener. We're great together. <laughs> but he's, I so admire his capacity and ability 
to key in. Because, you know, there's, there's such a gift of listening. There's something amazing about feeling like you've been heard. Amen? There's something healing about that. There's something remarkable about that. There's, a, there's wonderful byproducts that come from being listened to. One is that it, it affirms who you are. If someone is listening, there's nothing worse. And, and God bless her, my, my lovely wife points this out when I'm doing this all the time because I tend, I, sometimes I do this. There's nothing worse than talking to someone and feeling like they are somewhere else and they're looking past you to the next conversation or something like that and you're really not listening to what's going on. And, you know, I hate to be, I hate to talk about genders, but it seems, it seems a, 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 a universal idiom that you know, if you're talking to a man who's watching TV, make sure he's looking at you. Because uh, if it's me, anyway, uh, I'm not going to hear a word you say if I'm watching a television. right? But there's something amazing about being heard. It just affirms that you are worth listening to, that you have something to say. Someone who can really look at you and attentively key into what you're saying and who is, is trying to understand you. What a gift. What an amazing gift to offer. To say, tell me what you think. Man, hardly anybody asks me that. (laughs) Tell me what you think. And uh, so often we're so eager to tell everyone what we think. Facebook is a good example of that. Not a lot of listening going on there, is there? Another byproduct of, of listening very well is that it breeds intimacy and trust. You get to know someone by listening to them. You get to know someone when they start to share your stories. And when you're a good listener, people are dying to tell you what's going on. They reveal themselves. They, they're honest about who they are. And there just seems to breed, it just seems to breed a trust and an intimacy Which really, at the end of the day, isn't that what church is about? When we're talking about our relationship with Christ and our relationship with each other, you need a couple of things. Trust and intimacy. I think it's hard to breed those things if you're not listening to each other. Amen? You want to know why there's so much divisiveness in the country we live in right now? Because no one's listening to each other. A whole portion of the nation uh, feels disenfranchised because it feels, I hear this in the news all the time, they, f- they felt like they weren't listened to or being heard. That's bre- it doesn't breed intimacy or trust. It breeds mistrust and a lack of intimacy. Another thing that happens when we listen, and this is a, this is, I've actually, this idea first came to me from Eric Law who talks about uh, something called the gospel cycle. Another thing that happens when we listen is that it gives away power. And one of the important things that needs to happen in our world for us to find equity and to be on an even, to, to bridge the divide is people with power need to be willing to relinquish power and people who are powerless need to be able to take up a little power. And so what Eric Law uh, talks about, this friend of mine, uh, talks about the gospel cycle. 
And the gospel cycle goes something like this. Those who are in power, Jesus says to them, woe to you. If you read Luke, Jesus says, woe to you who are in power, who have used it and abused it and oppressed and put people down and, and used religion to hold people back. And woe to you, he says, woe to you who are like whitewashed tombs, all pretty on the outside and dead on the inside. Woe to you who have, and he's talking to the people who are holding power. And he's saying, woe to you. God's going to demand that you give up power. But what does he say to the powerless? Uh, Blessed are you. Blessed are you who are meek. Blessed are you who are mourning. Blessed are you who are persecuted. Blessed are you. He lifts up the lowly. And he says, you are being empowered by God. Yours is the kingdom of God. You know, all the great things. It's this whole reversal in the kingdom of God that happens. But it's not just that the powerless become powerful and dominate the powerful uh, who become powerless, but it's a, it's a mechanism for finding equity. And it really begins when those of us who are in dominant culture, those of us who are in power, when we find ourselves in power, it really begins with being willing to listen. And hear what those who are powerless have to say. And it really begins with empowering those voices that have been drowned out. And allowing them to rise to the top. The other thing that happens when we start to listen is it trains us to hear the voice of God. That still, small voice of God that calls to us, that guides us, that moves us along the path, that points us in the way to go. We can't hear what God has to say when we're talking all the time. Amen? Such an amazing thing when we stop and pause and listen. And when we listen to other people, all of a sudden the voice of God begins to get amplified as well. Mike Wallace once did an interview with Sister uh, Teresa, Mother Teresa, (laughs) Mother Teresa of Calcutta on 60 Minutes. This was a long, long time ago. And he he said to, to Mother Teresa, so when you pray, what do you ask for? What do you do? Mother Teresa says, I, I don't. I listen. Oh, and so Mike Wallace says, well, then what does God say when you pray and you listen? She said, he doesn't say anything. He listens. <laughs> Mike Wallace said, I don't understand. And she said, well, then you don't understand prayer. <laughs> uh, she's very clever. But uh, what an amazing insight that what our relationship ultimately is about is about listening. God's listening to us and our listening to God. So much of the time, our prayer life is about what we want and what we desire, what we hope for. God, give me this. God, give me that. God, give me strength and power and patience and all of these things. It's kind of about us articulating to God what we need and what we want. What if we stopped and just said, God, listening. Because at the end of the day, Our relationship with God is not about us articulating to God what what we need and we want. 
It's really about that deep, abiding, intimate relationship wherein God is able to articulate to us what God wants for us. Amen? It's about that relationship where God is finally able to say, I know you deeply. I love you abundantly. If you listen, I'll help you get through this. I'll point you the direction to go. I'll give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. Says Luke and everyone else. Said Jesus. God desires most is that kind of relationship where we, where God is heard. And the fruits of that are going to be abundant. So too, in our own lives, as we seek to represent Christ, as we seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this hurt and broken world, there can be no deeper call, there can be no more fulfilling discipline than learning how to look at the other across from us Say, I'm listening. I hear you. I want to know what you have to say. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, on this Pentecost, we, we hear this story that is, for many of us, is very familiar. And we've always seen the chaos and the bedlam and the noise of the wind and and the people babbling in different languages and the cacophony of all of that today god let us hear this story anew and recognize that perhaps the miracle is not so much in the speaking but in the hearing may we open our ears to how you speak that we may know You deeply and abide with You eternally. We ask these things in the powerful name of Christ. Amen.